This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joar, and today is Friday, October 16th, 2020, and my guest is the excellent Rich Woods of NeoN. Hi, Rich. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm always happy to be here. Super. So um, you saw the topics. We kind of developed them together on Twitter over the last <laughs> couple of days, and man, what a week it's been. I have been writing nonstop, like, since the beginning of last weekend and finally all my reviews have been published i'm sure you're in the same boat <laughs> oh absolutely absolutely um obviously um pixel 5 i don't actually have the the oneplus 8t yet and then of course we had the iphone 12 this week so that's going to be a thing that's coming up so a lot of cool stuff you know if you're into smartphones this was like the week yeah, it's kind of crazy. Let me bring up the notes and we can get started. So the first initial thing I know we're going to talk about for sure, and you covered, because here's the thing, Rich, I feel very ill-equipped to talk about Apple because really, with all these reviews I've been writing, I haven't had time to keep up. Like I mm. didn't watch the event. I basically just read like a recap uh, from The Verge, which I'll link in the show notes. And then, you know, I looked at your stories, which also I'm going to link in the show notes. So maybe you can start by, by basically like leading this and telling us what the hell are we looking at in terms of <laughs> iPhone this year? That, that's a good question because it gets a little more complicated every year. There's, I mean, there are some interesting things in there, right? There are some interesting things. There's some things that are, that are not so interesting too, but um, there are four models this year. As we knew, we knew that was going to happen. There's the, the one that's new is the iPhone 12 mini, which is, has a 5.4 inch screen. And uh -huh. that, that's kind of interesting on its own. Cause it's like, it's a little bit smaller than an iPhone eight or the new iPhone SE. And then of course we have the iPhone 12. That's kind of cool. Cause it, it's, they, they gave it an, everything's got an OLED display this year. And um, that was something that was kind of lagging on. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. Yeah, right, for sure. And then um, we got the iPhone 12 Pro and the Pro Max. The, the Pro Max is the one that I'm particularly interested in because it's got the camera upgrades. The oh, my God. Yeah, we're going to talk about that because that's yeah. that. So, so far, I seem to have kept track of what's going on. There's one more thing I want to throw in there that got me excited in, in this weirdest of ways. 5G? Because, <laughs> no. Sadly, I'm sorry, folks. I'm sorry for the audience, but no, 5G does not have me excited. Although I have to admit that, and we can talk about this, but Verizon kind of piggybacking on the iPhone launch for its sub-6 5G launch was really interesting. But, 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 the MagSafe magnetic thingy, like basically they're using Qi charging, which the phone has, yeah. but then they're adding magnets to the back of the phone so that they can have like an ecosystem of accessories that cling on to the phone, including like a puck like the Apple Watch uses, but a bigger one that plugs into the back of the phone, right? That seems really cool. Yes. Obviously, MagSafe is a brand that they've used for a long time, but, you know, the old MacBook chargers and stuff. And a lot of people, I think a lot of people were excited just to hear it. But yeah, it looks cool. It looks like there's going to be a lot of accessories, chargers. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'm particularly excited about the Mini and the Maxi as I'm calling it now. Yeah, the, the two that are not available for pre-order today. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, actually, that also, what, you know what else? Like, I'm, I'm just going to throw stuff in the air because this podcast is going to be mm -hmm. a little combobulated because I'm not very awake. I, I was up really late last night finishing my Pixel 5 review. But you know what? The other thing that is like the pricing is so weird, right? Like, they, they announced a certain price, but then it's actually $30 more. Like, so I, I don't know if you saw it today. But that 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 price they announced um it was six ninety nine and seven ninety nine for the mini and the right. twelve, and that was originally only for AT and T and Verizon, and they had a price of um seven twenty nine and eight twenty nine for unlocked T Mobile and Sprint. But today they changed it. It's still thirty dollars more for unlocked, but T Mobile and I don't know what they're calling it Sprint T Mobile by Sprint whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are now six ninety nine and seven ninety nine. Wait, wait, I have, I have, I have a name for that. I have a name for that. Metro by T Mobile, Magenta by Sprint. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this is what happens when I get snappy. Oh, we're getting off topic. Yeah, you got. <laughs> so look, the, the reality is that actually I don't get it. Like, why are we getting thirty dollars more for an unlock? What the hell is this? I've, I don't know. Um, I, I assume that that 
it's some kind of deal with Verizon. Because Verizon was heavily present at that event. They talked about their 5G. Obviously, they launched their sub-6 5G network. And I assume that that deal eventually extended to other carriers. I assume that it's an $829 phone that carriers are selling for $799. That would make sense, actually. I mean, there's always been a bit of a subsidy going on, and a lot of people buy their phones through subsidies. Even though now they're no longer rolled into the plans, people are still using that, you know, all the all the benefits from, from the financing offers they have. Some of them are like 0% interest. Some of them buy right. one, get one. Some of them are like, you buy, get a special deal if you buy it on a monthly payment. And I, just, I really never understand, like, if there's no interest or any kind of, like, benefit to the carrier... Is it just lock-in that they, they're looking for then? What is the deal here? I mean, it, it, it is lock-in. It, it's, it's, we used to have contracts with cancellation fees, and now they say that there's no contract and, and we get a payoff fee. Yeah, you basically get locked in because you finance your phone through them, not because of the plan right. itself. Right. Yeah, yeah. Freaking carriers. I kind of hate them. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Not kind of. <laughs> I mean, okay. So so let, let's let's kind of rewind a bit. So now the Verizon thing, I think I don't want to expend too much time on because look, it's about time Verizon gives us uh sub six five G. Now it's right. low band, it's eight fifty megahertz N five, which is the same as ATT in low band. It is DSS, uh dynamic spectrum mm-hmm. sharing, so it, it splits it up with, with 4G LTE. So it, I expect it to be about as slow as 5G on AT&T, which, as we all know, is about the same speed, actually slower than 4G, according to Sasha Segan and PCMag. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's something, right? I'm not going to complain. Have you run any uh, speed tests with uh, Verizon 5G just yet? There's I don't have it. Yeah, you have it on the, uh, the wing, don't you? I don't think they have sub-6 here. Oh, well, I ran a speed test. It's, uh, Do you I, have I got... sub-6 on Verizon already? It says 5G on there. It said uh, 5G and Oopla. It doesn't say ultra-wideband 5G. I haven't actually tested the LG yet because I still need to unbox it. Okay. We will talk about the LG wing in a minute. But but yeah, so what is it like? What are you saying? I got, I got uh, 50 megabits per second. I got And um, I, I did one with T-Mobile at the same time. I got 40 megabits per second. Nothing particularly okay. special. But I, again, I'm on, I'm on Long Island. I'm not in... Manhattan, where I'm sure they're they have faster. I'm seats. saying I don't have it, but I assume I don't have it. It's not like I know I don't have it. I didn't expect to have it. <laughs> and New York always gets. I mean, you're not right in New York proper, but right. you guys generally get that stuff earlier. Yeah, San Francisco, trust me, is kind of like the backwoods of any 5G deployment. Really? Oh, guess what? So I was checking the coverage map because I was like, okay, well, if there is this new 5G coming, I wanna I want a piece of it, mm. and. Lo and behold, we now have a millimeter wave in San Francisco. Really? Yeah, and it's wow. actually a few blocks from my house. Now, I don't have, until this LG wing that I received, which I have still got to mm-hmm. unbox, so I have no idea what's going on because I don't know what I'm doing this week because everything is crazy because I'm writing too much. <laughs> until that, I did not have a Verizon SIM that was provisioned for 5G. So I mm-hmm. couldn't, even though I have had devices with millimeter wave support, even if I discovered I had millimeter wave before yesterday, I don't think I could have tested it because that's the other thing that drives me nuts, Rich. Mm-hmm. T-Mobile, you get a SIM from them, right? Like post, especially any postpaid SIM, and you get 5G. Like yeah. I, my, I'm running a SIM that's four years old, and I still get 5G on my freaking phones. Mm-hmm. My two AT&T accounts, I have two lines that I pay nothing for because they're grandfathered in, and it's just for testing, right? I don't use them as a main thing. I have no 5G on. And when I called them up about it, they said, well, you need to provision them. And I'm like, well, go ahead. And they're like, oh, it's going to cost you more. We have to change your plan. I'm like, what kind of crack are you smoking? Like T-Mobile never asked me to pay more for my 5G. So that's when I got angry with with the carriers again. Uh, Is AT&T, sorry, is Verizon asking for more money for 5G and or are they they, uh, requiring special provisioning? I don't know the answer to that. I, We're going to have to figure that out. Yeah, my, my only experience with Verizon uh, 5G is with the Wing. I, I'm a T-Mobile oh, that's subscriber. It? Okay, yeah. yeah. Well, I, oh no, I mean, with, with the Sub-6 5G, I did have uh, do some millimeter wave testing a while back because they have that in Manhattan. 
I um, basically I, I have a lot of Verizon sims floating around that work, and a lot of Verizon devices mm. that are millimeter wave capable, like my Galaxy Note twenty Ultra. Yeah. But I've never seen, even though I said I live a block away from potential millimeter wave. Even if I go in that area, I've never seen it light up. So I assume that my sims are just not provisioned. And this is the thing that drives me nuts. It's like, do you know what else drives me nuts? <laughs> Sorry, we're going to have a carrier rant. Like, <laughs> we could have a millimeter wave rant too, if you want. I could, I could go on about that. <laughs> I'm reserving the millimeter wave rant for the Pixel 5, okay? Let's just hang okay. tight, okay? So, <laughs> so, so here's the thing about the, the rant I was going to have, is that I have a 5G provision SIM from AT&T right now. That is not mine. It's one of a reunit, right? So I'm thinking to myself, like, follow the logic here with me, okay? Mm-hmm. I have a OnePlus AT in my hand, or say I have another device in my hand that in the specs lists clearly band N5, 850 megahertz, which AT&T uses. And I'm like, hooray, I have a device that's 5G, <laughs> low band, compatible with AT&T's network, and I have a SIM in my hand, 5G for AT&T, and I put it in that phone, and I get LTE. <laughs> and here's the, the thing. Even if I go in the, you know, you can go in the network settings by typing, like, I think it's star, pound, star, pound, 4636, pound, star, pound, star, in the dialer, and you get a special engineering menu that lets Sounds you right. enable whatever <laughs> radios you want. And oh. I turn on 5G. I go like, oh, f- 5G is not an option in the normal menus. I'm going to force 5G on. I force 5G on. I set the APN to the better APN for 5G. And guess what I get? 4G? LTE. No, <laughs> but it, it's better than that. It's better than that, Rich. I get a 5G logo. I get oh. the 5G logo. It goes, ooh, I'm in a 5G area. I have 5G network available. And then he goes, ha, ha. Kidding. Here, I have some 4G LTE. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and so that's what I don't understand about AT&T. It's like they seem to be whitelisting the phones. That's mm-hmm. actually what I've heard. I need to ask Sasha Segan. But I'm okay. hearing that they're whitelisting the phones. Anyway, back to the iPhones because we're totally derailing here because I'm, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just fixating on the, net, on the carriers again. But kudos to Verizon for finally having something else, yeah. something that more than 10 people can use. Right, because millimeter wave really yeah. like it's really cool, but like ugh. even if you're one of those ten people, it's not that cool. Like it, it doesn't it doesn't work when it's in your pocket or indoors or it just doesn't work. Right, it, right. It's which is right. which is why you know if you read my Pixel Five review on Hot Hardware today, <laughs> I get really mad, and my editor was like, "Dude, I I toned you down because you were so angry about this," and I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like, look." $700 for that phone is ridiculous when I'm never going to use millimeter wave. But yeah. okay, I don't want to have that conversation now. iPhones. Right. <laughs> iPhones. So iPhones, look, I'm super excited about a couple of things here. Number one, I'm excited about the industrial design. Going back yeah. to that iPhone 4, especially for the pro versions, yeah, I love which it. have a, a stainless steel rim, right? Instead of an mm-hmm. aluminum rim. I'm super excited about the OLEDs, about the MagSafe thing, even though it's really super silly and gimmicky, but it's such a simple idea and a simple yeah. solution to, to a problem, right? Like how many, t- how inefficient is my wireless charging every time I use it on these pads that I have? Like on the stand-up pads, you can center it a little bit better. It's easier. Mm-hmm. But like on the, on the lay flat pads, like I have an old like Nokia one that I swear to God, I charge at 0.5 watt on that thing. Not because it's <laughs> 0.5 watt rated, but because I never line it up properly. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Like everything gets really warm. A fire starts in the corner of my office. And <laughs> like, so the magnets are kind of a clever thing. Definitely. But um, that being said, I think that the thing that I'm the most excited about, the two things I'm most excited about are the mini and the camera system in the Maxi, as I'm calling it now. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's got a name. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's Mini no. Pro, Mini Regular Pro and Maxi in my in my world. Well, what's cool about the Mini is that it's the exact same camera as the 12, which they did not do with the Pro this it's year. It's cheaper, right? Like this is so weird that Apple would you think Apple would charge you more for making a small phone that's pretty nicely specced? That would be an Apple thing to do. But no, apparently, I guess the bill of materials is slightly less because it's got less glass and less aluminum. But Mm -hmm. the guts are identical, aren't they? Is there anything that's different on it? No, they were very very clear that that 
the Mini is just a smaller version. Isn't that smaller than the SE? Um, it's a little bit smaller. Wow, this is the dream Tiny phone. Tiny bit smaller, yeah. This is a dream phone for so many people, and it's not for me. Like, there's no doubt no. that with my Butterfinger Thumbs of Doom, you can quote me on that, folks. Butterfinger Thumbs of Doom, I will not be able to use the 12 Mini. No way. I'll tell you, I, I, I'm... I'm I'm looking at the Pro Max for myself, although I don't know if I can actually spend real money on these phones. And I don't know if I could suggest anybody spend real money on these phones. And I'll tell you why, because there's no fingerprint sensor on any of them. Yeah, okay. well, I, I think that that's something that we would all love. And I think that Apple should be smart and do dual, dual ID, right? Face ID and or fingerprint ID. But they couldn't. Like, I think this was engineered, Rich, way before COVID, right? I know, I know, but I mean, they they should have thought of something or thought of a way to make Face ID work with a mask on. Yeah, they need to, right? Because how do you tell someone to buy a phone in 2020 that doesn't have a fingerprint sensor? You know, Google got rid of the fingerprint sensor last year. It's back this year. I, I don't believe that it couldn't be done. No, it can be done, and I want it to be done, and I wouldn't be surprised the iPhone 13s will have it. And of course, hope by, mm -hmm. by then, I really hope COVID's going to be mostly right. behind us. But then um, you just so wait for the iPhone 13. Can you walk us through the pricing? Because that's the one thing I'm really hazy on. <laughs> um, well, I, um, 12 minis starts at $699, assuming you okay. get a carrier model. <laughs> yeah, that's the same price. So, so the $30 only extra is only for the unlocked 12 mini and 12, right? Right. And so that price you just said is the same as the iPhone 11 was, yeah? Uh, yes. And I think I went to Apple's website yesterday, but it's now $599, the iPhone 11. Right. By the way, if you want, you can still buy an iPhone 11. It's a great deal at $599. You can still buy a 10R also that was on there. Um, really? Yes. Wow. Yes. But they killed the, the 11 Pro and the 11 Pro Max. Um, so so $699 for the 12 mini, um, $799 for the 12, $30 more if you want unlocked. Although... Carrier models are actually unlocked if you just buy them from an Apple store. Um, and then the Pro is still $999, and then the Pro Max is $1099. Ooh, $1099, that's rough. And so what is the storage? I heard horror stories about storage again. Are we stuck with 64 gig at the base? Because I'm going to kill them if we are. For the Mini and the 12, it's 64 in the base. Oh, Apple. <laughs> 64 is not terrible. Yeah, if, as soon as you shoot video, it's a problem. Yeah. That's all. Like, yeah. it's fine if you're just doing music and photos. But mm -hmm. if, like, at 4K, in, of course you want to do 4K. For, uh, the front cameras on iPhones is 4K 60. You, you, you know, you're, you're going to be yeah. vanity shots at 60 frames per second all day, all night. I mean, you're going to run yeah. out of storage. It should be 128. So, yeah, they, they have uh, 128. Uh, the Pro starts at 128. Then they have 256 and 512. And then the, the 12 and the 12 mini is just 64, 128, and 256. Thanks, Rich, for being on top of all of this for me today. I really appreciate it. I'm looking it up because it's, it's too confusing. I'm actually looking that up while, while we're talking. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's Apple, so you, you expect it to be, uh, to be a little wonky. There's always something, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. These phones, honestly, I'm really, I'm really impressed. If I had to ask for two things. I feel like they're getting a little more confusing every year. Yeah, four phones. Can you imagine people yeah. have to review iPhones right now? <laughs> like i want to just take a second to feel bad for my colleagues who unlike mm -hmm. me also deal with iphones because some of them have to they had to review the iphone no they had to review the oneplus at this week the google 4a mm -hmm. 5g the google 5 this week and next week or whatever soon they're gonna have to review the four iphones so yeah. that's gonna be tough i mean i'm sure they're gonna split it up but apple's pretty particular about who gets to review what right like right when i was at engadget i couldn't lend my phones to be reviewed by someone else even though <clears throat> i did but <laughs> <laughs> brad actually wrote a review under my my byline back in those days because we couldn't we couldn't do it and so then eventually we switched the byline back to him you know but anyway anything else that stands out for you for these iphones to me for to me the, the misses as you said were the it would definitely be nice to have a fingerprint sensor on the power lock key just like the ipads mm -hmm. air the new ones yeah but it also would have been nice to have 120 hertz displays at least on yeah, the of course yeah and and of course we knew that wasn't going to happen, but right. at the same time, why couldn't it happen, right? Right. I mean, I think if you're an iPhone user, unless you have an iPad Pro, which is 120 hertz, 
you probably won't notice too much. But if you're an Android user, let me tell you, yeah. you go to an iPhone and all of a sudden you're like, what is this? Is the world in slow motion? Right. Not that the iPhones are slow, but by any means, they're way faster actually than most Android phones, to be honest. The world has a really low refresh rate. <laughs> yeah, it's just the, the clunkiness, clunkiness is the word of, of, the, uh, of the refresh. So um, anything else stand out about the iPhones for you? Uh, the only thing that, that stands out is um, the only other thing I don't think we mentioned is Dolby Vision video recording because... Oh, that is super cool. Yeah, because, because remember, uh, Apple wasn't doing HDR video recording, Never, right? They never did? I don't think they did. I think oh. they actually said that. And but, well, actually, I'm I'm fairly certain of it because Qualcomm always made fun of them when we'd be in Maui because they'd have oh, some new HDR right. standard that they're pointing at. And be like, you know, why isn't Apple doing any of this? Well, now they are, but it's pretty cool. I mean, if you're gonna do this kind of stuff, partnering with Dolby makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for sure. You know, I used to work there. You know, they know what they're doing. Trust me, folks. A lot of people think of Dolby as just as this. Kind of like Lucas, just a licensing company. They make their money from licensing stuff. I mean, Lucas is really good at that. I've worked mm -hmm. for both companies, so I can tell you a lot. Uh, no, I can't. Probably not. <laughs> Probably a bad idea to talk about trade secrets on, on a podcast. But I can tell you that there's mad respects to the folks at Lucas and the folks at Dolby. So the other thing I want to quickly mention is the new HomePod. Oh, yeah. $99. So, you know, actually, let's rewind. Are you going to buy a HomePod now? No, no way. Okay. <laughs> the reason I'm rewinding is because two or three weeks ago, when the uh, Google event happened, I never even mentioned the new Nest ah. audio or whatever it's called, Nest. I think it's called Nest audio. And I just want to say, as somebody who's an audio person at the core, I mean, I've always worked on... I worked in video games audio and I love audio and I'm a bit of an audiophile. While these speakers are not going to be as good as, you know, the kind of audio that I want, I have to give them props, all of them, like Apple, Google, everyone, Amazon, for making these decent sounding, pretty high quality speakers that you can put all over your house for playing sure. music. And most importantly, you can talk to the assistant. I know that's the big part for a lot of people, but I just have to say, this is a nice development in the world that we live in, in the fiery, crazy, <laughs> mad world that we live in. That's all. Okay. I just want to acknowledge that. I, I, what, I, what I like about those smart speaker devices is that, that there's really getting to be a variety of them. Like if, if you want that speaker that has that super awesome uh, sound quality, you can have that. Um, what, I, what I like is I don't, I don't use it for listening to music much, but... I have a uh, Lenovo smart display with Google Assistant in my living room. It's got the Google Photos albums. That'll, it's like a digital picture frame when I'm not using it. Like, that's perfect for me. I just love that they have this whole ecosystem of different kinds of devices that can fit to uh, whatever the user's needs are. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's super cool. And, yeah. you know, I find that the, it's like a lot of uh, things in audio. Convenience always trumps quality. But finally, the quality is catching up now. And it's the same with headphones. Right. Like True Wireless oh, yeah. in the early days was crap. And now it's actually getting pretty damn decent. So kudos to Apple for that. Anything else they announced? I don't think so. iPad Air pre-orders today. That's the only thing they surprised us with. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Remember, they just told us October. And they just kind of announced it today. Like, hey, pre-orders are live. I missed that. Was it in the middle of the night or something? No, it was at, um, well, actually for you, it was 5 a.m. Yeah, it's the middle of the night for me. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, was doing, I think I was just wrapping up my Pixel 5 review, actually. Yeah. So we talked about Verizon. I think it's very smart of them to have latched onto this iPhone event for the Sub-6 yeah. announcement. Um, one last thing, Bridge, maybe you know, maybe you don't, but I want to ask this question, and maybe somebody can answer in uh, by tweeting at me later. Is there any other phone other than the iPhones that support the sub-6 gigahertz 5G on Verizon. I mean, the band is N5, 850 megahertz. That's on a lot of phones already. I'm wondering, like, obviously the LG, oh, the LG Wing, Wing we're going to talk about yeah. has that. But I'm wondering, say, if I take that SIM from the LG Wing and put it in my Galaxy Note 20 Ultra, which is unlocked, it'll be interesting to see if I get sub-6 5G on Verizon as well. So we'll find out. I do think that some devices need a software. I was trying to... to find out more information there seems to be very little out there so we'll just all ping sasha <laughs> yeah sasha can you help like he's, he's gonna start charging us money soon <laughs> 
even the journalists, like not just the industry, right? Right. All right. So let's talk about the OnePlus 8T. I've reviewed it. My review is on Hot Hardware and Geekspin. I actually wrote two separate reviews that are kind of more, one is more lifestyle and the other one's more nerdy. Mm -hmm. And you don't have one yet, but you've read the reviews. You've probably read my reviews. I th- there's also not a whole lot to know. I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious, right? It's, it's right. basically a slightly upgraded 8. So, but it costs a lot of money comparatively to the 8, which is currently on sale. So right. like, what's your gut feeling after? Like, You don't have one yet, so it'd be really interesting to hear what you th- your take is before you actually get your hands on it. And you know, do you think we're all crazy for basically all agreeing that's not good value anymore? Or do you think that we're just being a demanding... Crazy well, f- first of all, this is a this is a, a fairly common problem where some new product comes along. It's an iterative upgrade, and the old product has been heavily discounted by now. So now it doesn't seem like a worthwhile upgrade. But um, I I I see what they're trying to do. I also see why there was no pro because you look at how small of an upgrade it is from the eight to the eight T. What would they have done with the pro? But um, one twenty right. hertz is good. I. Personally, I would take wireless charging over 65-watt wired charging. Yeah, me too. 100%. Yeah, that's one of those must-have things. Um, you know, there's still no no uh, telephoto lens, which is... Yeah, it's it's becoming an issue for me because at the price, right? If it was 600 bucks, I'd be like, okay, fine. Can I ask you, do, do you find macro lenses to be useful in no. real life? Okay. No, I mean you read my reviews. They're they're just for camera count. They they do nothing. Like like the um with the Motorola One Five G, um they had an interesting because we were on the same briefing for that for that and uh, they had an interesting implementation of it with the with the ring light and I mean I, I don't know like I I see what they're trying to do with some of this stuff but I never actually use this stuff and that's exactly real life. the problem. It's like it's not like at least Moto did it right. They put a ring light on it. They put autofocus yeah. on their thing. It's five megapixels. It's okay. But then we have all this slew of phones that are more expensive than the Moto 1 5G that have like just really crappy two megapixel fixed focused macros like the OnePlus 8 or the Nord. Now, at least the OnePlus 8 bumps that up to five, but without autofocus, you know this from any camera, especially one that is super focus sensitive like a macro, you, Mm -hmm. you can't get a clear shot ever. Right. Right. You have to physically move your body and your hands shake enough that you're not going to get a clear shot, not because of <laughs> motion blur, but because of focus blur. Right. And so it's basically, it's cheaper because there's no AF, of course, but it, and it, and it, you know, it adds to the camera count, which is nice, but it's no substitute for a telephoto. And on a phone with a 64 or 48 megapixel camera, like the, the 8T as a 48, which is, by the way, identical, the main camera to the mm-hmm. 8, it's a great camera. That's the IMX 586, if I'm not mistaken. 586, right? yeah. If with a camera like that, you know, you're you're basically like, you can zoom up to through 3x without any problems. But sure. so if you put a telephone on a phone like that, you really need a telephoto that's 3x or more. And mm-hmm. so, uh, yes, I'm asking for a telephoto, but I'm asking for a very specific telephoto. I'm asking for a 3x <laughs> with optical image stabilization, and that costs definitely more than a macro. There's no doubt. But yeah. I feel that putting a macro is kind of an insult at $750, especially one without autofocus. And I, and I want to also rewind again, back to the OnePlus 7T last year, right? Mm-hmm. That sold for what, $599 or at the time, and now at the end there was on discount for $499. That mm-hmm. phone had three cameras. It had that same main sensor, OIS and all, as the 8 and 8T. Right, so IMX 586, yeah. same awesome sensor. Then it had an ultra wide, just like the again the 8 and 8T, no problems there. And then it had a telephoto, and that telephoto was it was okay, but it was a little lacking because only 2x and it didn't have OIS, but it had all that. And then they went to the OnePlus 8 and dropped that telephoto for a macro right. that was crap. And now they're giving us a slightly higher res macro. You know, go home, OnePlus, you're drunk. Like, this is not how you go forward. Like, I would have honestly taken an 8 gigabyte, 128 gig version of the AT over that 12 gig, 256 base. That's the base storage in RAM in the US. Nobody needs that. (laughs) No, no. Nobody needs that. If you're buying a phone for $1,000, I can imagine you'd want that and you'd be like, yeah, give me that. But if you're like... (laughs) 
If you're buying a phone for 750, please don't go on storage and RAM. Do 8128 and then give mm -hmm. us a better camera. Give us wireless yeah, sure. charging. Those are the two things, really. Like the main camera is good. The ultra wide is fine. Um, but the but that 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 other stuff is crazy. And here's the other thing. Go back to the 7T for a second. The 7T had a macro. It wasn't a separate camera. It was the ultra wide. And you know how they did it? It had autofocus on the ultra wide. Mm -hmm. So what they would do is when you hit the macro button in the camera app, it would in software tell the ultra wide to turn into a macro, and mm -hmm. it would also kind of like shrink the field of view by by zooming in digitally. 2x right so it worked yeah why why don't they do that see they could do that with two lenses here you know in, instead of the three that they have there's four there's there's another sensor it's a monochrome sensor nobody knows what All right. i couldn't get a straight answer read my review on hot hardware <laughs> i asked OnePlus, and they were like oh when you take monochrome photos with a monochrome filter on the main camera that yeah. fourth camera assists the main sensor with dynamic range light and you That's know Definitely sounds like a way to say you have four cameras. Why don't you stick a sticker in the back of the phone that looks like mm -hmm. a camera <laughs> and stop insulting us? Anyway, that's my beef with the AT. The AT, if the AT cost, so here's the other problem you have to understand, right, Rich? Mm -hmm. You know this. You've looked at the pricing right now. The AT is seven fifty with twelve two fifty six. The eight is five ninety nine right now with mm -hmm. eight one twenty eight. You're not gonna buy the seven T. Right, I wouldn't. Like, yes, you get 90, you get 120 hertz versus 90 hertz, yes. You get a flat display. That's the other thing. It's no curved edge BS like the 8 right. and 8 Pro. But, Same but, thing, the 7T was flat as well. Yeah, exactly. If you're a normal human, why would you spend more for right. just a little bit more like that in the areas you don't care about? And here's the other killer. Here's the thing that the reason that the 8T is just out the window for me, at least, for my personal reason. The 8 Pro is seven ninety nine, right now on sale. So that means yeah. that for fifty dollars more, here's what you get for fifty dollars more: everything except sixty five watt charging and a lot more. <laughs> and you get a, the stupid curved edges, but but you get one hundred twenty hertz. You get a much better main camera sensor, uh, Sony IMX six eight nine, huge mm -hmm. pixels. You get an ultra wide with the Sony IMX five eight six, and you get a telephoto, right? And you get wireless charging. Fast wireless charging. And water resistance officially. Yeah. Right. Right. So you, you're, again, you're either going to buy the 8 or the 8 Pro at this point. I don't see a reason unless yeah. it discounts in the next, like it drops to like 700 or, yeah, unless it drops to even 650, I don't see. Well, I don't that's the see thing. The it, probably, it probably will drop at some point. You know, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to drop or they'll discontinue the 8. They'll have carrier deals. That's how they sell these things because, that, like, this is not the first time there's been a problem like this where there's just that incremental upgrade. And they haven't traditionally discontinued. You can still buy the 7T until you could buy the 7T no. until like three months ago. So one other thing about the 8T is that just from what I've seen is that the design feels somewhat uninspired. I actually like it. I, I yeah. it's it it feels like a Samsung. There's copy. no interstellar glow. Yeah, no, that's true. But I'm talking, but that color, that that green, the aquamarine blue, or whatever that is, yeah. that that I have is is insanely beautiful in person. Like, yeah. yes, it does have a bit of that Samsung vibe because of the camera pod shape and stuff. Now, what? Now, why have they used three different camera housing shapes in the last three generations? Like the 70 was circular, right? That was quite nice. Yeah, I like that a lot. Right, me too. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, the eight matched the eight pro, and now now they have the the rectangle with rounded corners that literally everyone's doing. Yeah, it's it, you're right. It's a bit uninspired, but it, the thing is, this is, and I wrote this in my review too. It's like when you actually handle it, it really looks and feels like a one plus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the curves of the display, the the way everything kind of feels, the the, yeah. the notification, the alert slider on the side, like it is. It's instantly obvious that it's a OnePlus phone in your hand. Sure. So I sure. got to give them kudos that maybe appearance-wise, it's a little copycat-ish, but it's fine. You know, it's not the first time OnePlus has done weird stuff like that. They made, the, what is it, the 5 Series look like an iPhone with the camera pod in the back, mm -hmm. uh, etc. So, I mean, look, I think, you know, I don't want to go into this because we want to cover all the other stuff still today. But yeah. we talked about this on last week's show extensively, me and Jaime Rivera, and you guys should listen to it. We talked about how misguided 
OnePlus's strategy currently is, especially with respect to the US. The fact that they are bringing a OnePlus Nord, at least we're not sure what they're doing, but we we the rumors are that they're bringing a OnePlus Nord with a Snapdragon 690 because they don't want to step on the toes of the 8 and 8T that is sold by the carriers. Mm-hmm. It's It's like the strategy is flawed and, you know, the whole thing with OnePlus right now, I'm not quite sure where they're going. No 8T Pro, like, it's just really weird. Like, why do you want a base storage of 12 gigs and base RAM of 12 gigs and, like... If they did an 8T Pro, what would they have... Yeah, that with? would make sense. Then then go nuts. Like, I, I would argue that OnePlus should make a $1,000 phone that mm-hmm. starts at $1,000 and compete straight up with the Galaxy Ultras and the 11 Pros, but at... A thousand instead of twelve hundred or thirty. That's what I want yeah. from them. I want okay. the no holds barred OnePlus flagship, not effing around. Give me the whole enchilada <laughs> flagship. That's what I want, and I know a lot of people do too. I think they're getting there. But now we want to. Then after that, we want to drop down to six hundred. Like we want right. to drop down to six hundred with something that can squarely compete with the elephant in the room. That's the thing in, in my review that I wrote about. Is mm. it, the AT has another issue? Not only is OnePlus's own phones, older ones, un- undercutting it significantly and making it hard to buy, but then there's a Galaxy S twenty Fan Edition, right? Like that has wireless charging, and it costs six hundred bucks. Or seven. I think it's seven now officially, but it's on sale right now. It's like, how do you compete with Samsung? Samsung's in your backyard now, stomping around going, ha, 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 ha. Nice to see you, OnePlus. What you got there with the little AT? Ha, suckers. <laughs> like, seriously. Right, That's kind of right. how I feel about the whole thing. Anyway, uh, but you know what? I think that a lot of this strategic indecision and weirdness we're seeing right now is completely reflected by the next news item, which is Carl Pay leaving OnePlus. Yes. I think that OnePlus has been going through a reinvention necessary because they're finally growing up, which is good for them. And mm-hmm. oh, you totally. know, that split the leadership into two halves. The half that wanted to kind of do one thing and the half that wanted kind of to do the Nord thing. And the Nord thing was the Calpay half. And mm-hmm. now he's leaving because I think he's realizing that, I'm not trying to spread rumors, it's just my perspective here, knowing both of them, knowing the company, having followed it for a while, is that I'm sure they get along, but I think they have differences in where they want to take the company. And, you know, Calpay tried to do that with the Nord, but then realize I'm better off going off and doing my own thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how the tech industry works. Like a lot of people right. move around. I, th- I think he likes to be part of that, that scrappy Correct. upstart yeah, company. Yeah. And that's, that's not really what they are anymore. They have carrier yeah, no, partnerships now. They make $1,000 flagships now. Absolutely. So, so you know, I, I think you shouldn't read too much into it. Like this is pretty standard fair stuff. But it yeah. also tells me that maybe things aren't quite as polished in terms of the strategy going forward with OnePlus. And that's kind of mm-hmm. maybe what we're seeing here. I, I feel that just looking at the US market alone, that the AT is a mis- strategic mistake in this time of COVID. Like you do mm-hmm. not bump the storage and RAM when cost is the critical part and Samsung is in your backyard. You right. drop that down to 8128, you drop the price of the phone to fifth by $50, you're competitive with them. Sure. You know? Sure. Like, what are they smoking over there? <laughs> so the other thing I want to quickly touch on, because we, didn't, we need to talk pixels, is that uh, OnePlus has some new buds they announced, uh, the Buds Z that are 50 bucks, so I guess $20 cheaper, and that are silicone tipped, which I think a lot of people are going to really like, because I personally love the OnePlus Buds. They fit my ears well. They don't mm-hmm. fall out. They sound fantastic. In my opinion, we've talked about this on the show at length, a lot of people don't like that kind of AirPod, yeah, AirPod design. They want they want something with silicone tips, and this is right. it. The AirPod Pro design. Yeah. <laughs> well, this does not have active noise cancellation. It's cheaper too, which right, is nice. Right, right, Hopefully, sure. they sound just as good, and they're cheaper, and they're going to be a winner. So I'm, I'm. Yeah. We'll see. We'll get them eventually. We'll let you know, right? That's one thing I really do appreciate about OnePlus is making those accessories that are reasonably priced, which just no one else is doing. Well, a lot of the Chinese uh, brands are doing, like Xiaomi and all that. We just don't see that stuff here, right? Like, you know, you can buy $50 earbuds, true wireless, that don't suck all day long from Mm -hmm. big brands in China, all day long. Like, 
like here we have to go to that weird obscure bad place in amazon.com and buy something that <laughs> you know could have spyware in it or something i'm joking right. but you know what i'm saying no. <laughs> uh so pixel 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 you have them yes. right i have the five okay well what's your take on the five well i mean i mean you know i i've had it since since monday i was supposed to get it on saturday I feel like I'm still, I'm almost still processing. I, I, I love the screen. It's, it's similar to the screen on the 4A, which I reviewed. What was, when did that come out? July. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, that like the, the edge to edge screen is something that I feel like we needed on Pixel. I love the Pixel 4, but that huge top bezel for the Soli radar oh, man, was. Yeah, that had to yeah, go. Yeah, that had to go. I wish there was an XL variant for the battery life. But absolutely you do too. I mean, I went from a three XL to a OnePlus Eight Pro. The OnePlus Eight Pro is too big, but it, it meets my mm -hmm. needs. The reason I skipped the four XL, even though I have one, which is the first time I've had a non-Nexus or non-Pixel device as my daily driver, mm -hmm. uh, is because finally OnePlus gave us wireless charging. For me, that's essential. Yes. But I also feel that it's because the four XL was for me the only thing stopping me. Really, the biggest thing was the the Face ID not working with all the apps I like to use. Mm. Uh, because on iPhone, they were able to transition seamlessly, right? To Face ID. But Google somehow botched that with developers. And it took forever for like big things like banking apps to switch over. And then now there's still a lot of them missing, like the Tesla app, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm like, I like to, I like to authenticate with my fingerprint a lot on my phone as a safety measure, you know, for mm -hmm. these apps. Yeah. And I can't with Face ID because that APIs are not supported by the developers. So the, the 4XL kind of stopped me dead in my tracks. I wanted to adopt it, but you know, and then there are other issues of overpriced, poor battery life, not enough storage, not enough RAM. Well, she wasn't too bad on You know, that. I think you mentioned on Twitter the other day that you take pictures of products with the Pixel 4 XL. Yeah, so I use the 4 XL because of the telephoto on it. And so do I. As much as I like the ultra-wide uh, better, and I'm happy that they went that way with the 5, right. in my opinion, for the average person, that makes more sense. That telephoto is really good at taking beautiful product shots, right? Yeah, for sure. It's... it's, it's and And... Also, uh, there's something about that camera using night mode during the day and the way that the shots come out it, with proper lighting and everything that, that I, I just can't seem to pull off with any other camera. So I, I really appreciate Pixel cameras and I was just excited that we got a new Pixel. I'm excited that, I, like, you know, we didn't talk a lot about um, the value of 5, 5G in the iPhone because there isn't much and and... 5G here, but I would I wouldn't tell anybody to go out and buy a 4G only phone. So no, you need to be somewhat footproof. But I I don't believe millimeter wave is the answer, right? No, no, no. So yeah, so for me, here's the issue with the the Pixel Five. It's a, it's a lot of it parallels the 8T. They're both fantastic phones. They're really great phones. Mm -hmm. They hit all the buttons for me, mostly except for, as I said on the AT, the lack of wireless charging. There are some other things missing on the, the Pixel 5, like the bigger screen size. We just discussed that. Um, but overall, they're really good phones with great user experiences, right? They're very different user experiences, like Oxygen OS versus like the Googly apps and the Googly things. Right. But they're just very valid, very good experiences. The problem is pricing. Right, so yeah. with the the OnePlus AT, we just discussed the, what I thought the mistakes were. You know, going for more storage and stuff, and not really bumping up the camera. And then here, the for me, the problem is that I don't have an issue with the Snapdragon 765G. Uh, right. It's great chip, for sure. But you know, when you can buy for the same amount of money an 865 right now, not from a Chinese company, like a legit 865 sold in the US, like again, the S20 mm -hmm. FE or the OnePlus 8 or 8T or 8 Pro, it's like, where are you going with this pricing, Google? Like, yes, it's cheaper than the previous flagships, but it should be because it's got a lesser chip. So, how much would you have priced it for? Five, five, six hundred. 550 yeah. to 600 is the yeah. sweet spot for that but phone. But then, then you don't really need a 4A 5G. The thing about the 4A 5G that kind of interests me is that it, it, it really sits nicely between the 4A and the 5, where it has certain elements of the 5 with the uh, 765G. Um, it doesn't have the wireless charging like the regular 4A. So it, it really just sits between the two. 
again, no wireless charging is a deal breaker for me. I would go with the five, but they have that five hundred dollar um, 5G phone. If you know, yeah. if, if that's what you want, exactly. It's got the same RAM, same chip, same camera. My ideal situation would have been three fifty for the four A, five hundred for the four A five G, and six fifty for the five. Before I knew mm. what the five was going to be like, so right. I, I was imagining the five would be six fifty. It would have millimeter wave would be extra, like you would, like it is with the Pixel four A five G. The Verizon version is more. Mm-hmm. It's got the millimeter wave stuff in it. You pay the millimeter wave tax. I expected it to be the same for the Pixel five, which is, by the way, the way it is abroad. The Pixel five abroad doesn't have millimeter wave, and if you actually look at translating the prices, it's slightly cheaper, cheaper. than the U.S. Right. version. So. That's what I was expecting, but I was also expecting a bigger size as an option. I was expecting, even though I know the rumors didn't 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 didn't, didn't back that up. I don't know. I was yeah. expecting more camera. Wow! Like it seems like they have only added like the portrait light and the ability to do. Um, There's not a lot of wow. Yeah, they did. They did. There, there is the night sight for portrait now. That's cool, and then yeah. the, the 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 stabilization modes for video are very nice. But the video recording to start with isn't that great, right? Right. But it it seemed like the biggest thing was that that they took their biggest criticism from last year, and they swapped out that telephoto lens for an ultra wide lens. And that was to me that's for some people that's the deal breaker, but for me that was actually the right call. I think it was the right call too. Well, a better call would have been to use all three. Like if you can't step back, you can't get an ultra wide. Like you can always zoom in even digitally. And I know it doesn't look as good, but the the super res zoom from Google is very, very good. It's actually pretty good even without a, a, a telephoto lens. And I, I didn't feel like that lens actually helped that much because their super res zoom is that good. My biggest gripe with the 4 and 4XL um, telephoto was not that it was bad. It was that the color science didn't match the main lens at all. Mm. And that the camera app will switch between lenses sometimes. Sometimes it will use the telephoto, but if the light gets a little too low, it will switch to the main sensor and zoom it in 2X. And so Mm -hmm. when you're taking product shots and you want that kind of cool like uh, lifestyle shot that's a little darker maybe, the phone will struggle as to which camera to pick. And when it switches cameras, the color science doesn't match. And now you might have some shots with certain white balance and some shots with other white balance. And so I ended up spending a lot of time editing the photos after the fact because of it. And all that Google needs to do to fix that, it gives us a pro mode where we can manually adjust the white balance. Right. So that's what I'm saying by not wow by the camera. It's a great camera system, but it doesn't bring anything other than the ultra wide, which it should have had last year. Yeah. It doesn't bring in anything that radically new in terms, even in terms of no, like- certainly not. Like computational photography goodness. And so a pro mode would have helped. I'm sorry, I'm forgetting the guy's name. The um, camera ah, guy. Oh, yes, the camera guy. But he's gone. The camera guy. I'm forgetting that. Yeah, so I don't see things changing too much in that. And so they're losing their lead in a way. And as much as I appreciate the Pixel 5's trying to fix the high-price, high-spec Pixel 4 problem from last year, Mm -hmm. it's going. I think it's going too much the other way in some ways, and also price-wise staying too still too high. And a lot of that is millimeter wave tax, which we should talk about. It's it's ridiculous that the U.S. version of the Pixel 5, folks comes with millimeter wave whether you like it or not and you're paying for it especially when millimeter wave is so useless correct 10 people are benefiting from it are 10 people even benefiting from it <laughs> i would like to meet those 10 people because i have in the history of time i have right i have never seen a single person say like hey 5g has really improved my life because of this thing that i can do now or this thing that's so much of a better experience because of it you know, and, and millimeter yeah. wave is the thing that, that would provide those speeds, but it's so limited in how you can use it that it, it doesn't. So it's not something that anybody should pay for. No, and so that's why they should. And, and you know, like my, my editors at Haha were like, well, look, it's future proof. Like, and you get three years of updates. So this phone is great if you buy it now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, still two years from now, nobody's going to be using millimeter wave. Mark my words. 
Yeah. Like, it's a, I'm not against it. I think the technology needs to exist. I think in 10 years, it'll make sense when it's cheaper and ubiquitous. And it's in stadiums and airports where high-density things are happening, where we need, like, where we can have line of sight and we need, like, super-fast performance. That's when William is going to kick in. But right now, even three years from now, forget it. You shouldn't be paying for this millimeter wave on the Pixel. It should be optional. And it sucks that the pricing is, un, in my opinion, uncompetitive because of it. Because here's the thing, right? Yes, the Google experience is second to none. Yes, the cameras are still super incredible despite very middling hardware. But, you know, this, look at this again, the Samsung Galaxy S20 FE, it's catching up. Mm -hmm. Even OnePlus is catching up with the 8 Pro in imaging. OnePlus definitely is. Yeah, they're, they're starting to do a lot better than they did last year. And then how I, I think the iPhone 12 is going to be crazy good. Yeah. No matter which one you pick for imaging. Because that f over 1.6 lens, you know? Apple, Apple really came a long way with the iPhone 11 Pro last year. They yeah, were, I, I would have never counted on them for a camera after the 10 and the 10s. And they, they really they made a comeback last year. And I, I'm excited to see what the, what the 12 series brings to the table. Me too. So look, the reality is for me, the Pixel 5 kind of parallels a lot of my issue with the 8T, but in a, mm -hmm. different, in, in a different direction, right? Like it does have wireless charging. It's great. It has water resistance officially. It's great. And it's metal and it has wireless charging. Yeah, but it's, co it's coated in plastic basically. So right. it's metal with a plastic coating on it. It's, it's nice. I love, I have the sage green one, a uh, sort of yeah. sage. I love the names. They're really cool. Yeah. But again, also, it's, it's too small. There's just a lot of things. Read, read my review uh, on Hot Hardware, right. guys. I'll link it in the show notes. I, but I wish it had better battery life. I wish it was bigger. I mean, it has a bigger battery than last year. I think the battery life is finally on, like, good, like, decent, like, not lacking. I, thought, I found it lacking a little bit. You did. Interesting. I haven't had any issues with I, it. Not terribly, because I'm never too far from a charger, but it's... it's you'll, you'll find the same thing with the, eight, uh, the AT then, because the AT got less on my uh, PC Mark battery benchmark. It actually oh, did yeah. 11 hours and 41, where I think the, the Pixel 5 did 13 hours and something. So be, be okay. aware of that. And I'm, of course, I'm running them, I'm running them at high refresh because I'm crazy like that. Of because that's what I do. <laughs> like, I would never run my phones at... Like, in fact, my Pixel... Uh, not for the benchmarks, but my Pixel 5 is currently pegged in the developer settings to 90 hertz all the time. Yeah, I, I, th I think we've been clear earlier on in this show that yeah. 60 hertz makes it feel like something is wrong with the world. Correct. <laughs> yes, we're speed demons. That's basically yes. what you're trying to say. Let's quickly touch on the Pixel 4a 5G before we, we kind of finish up. Um, mm -hmm. But... Like there's some other toppings we need to cover. So I have a 4A 5G. It's still on the box. I need to unbox it along with the wing. I will do that this weekend. So stay tuned, folks. I'll get some videos for you of all this unboxing madness. But the thing to take away here is I haven't used the 4A 5G yet, but I have used the 4A and I've used the 5 and I've read the 4A right. 5G reviews. And it looks like a great phone. Basically, it, if you want the bigger phone right now, and this is another thing I've got issues with Google about, if you want the bigger phone, you have to decide, are you willing to live with less RAM, a 60 hertz screen, no wireless charging, no water resistance, right? right? But if you want any of those things, more RAM, 90 hertz, water resistance, and wireless charging, then you need the five. And then you, are you willing to live with a smaller phone? Now, some people are going to be super excited about the smaller phone, but I'm not. It's a little too small for me. <laughs> So the 4A 5G is just the right size. But again, I'm happy to see a headphone jack. Don't get me wrong. But the rest of it, like I cannot do a phone without wireless charging. I can probably be careful and do deal with, with not having water resistance. But a wireless charging is killing me. It's killing me. Mm -hmm. Like I, I use it all the time. Yeah. I can't do it. It's also a $500 5G phone. I mean, that's not a bad price, honestly. I think that, you know, you compare that to- Well, we say, don't have many of those yet. Well, the, the one 5G, you, you compare that to the Moto, yeah. right? Like, it's yep. a way better phone than the Moto. <laughs> For sure. Like, I'd definitely spend the $50 to get yeah. the uh, 4A 5G all day long. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you get all that Google user experience. That's why, to me, I think that's the, the, the unsung hero in a way. Like, mm -hmm. it, yes, it lacks a whole bunch of things that I really want. But if you're going to buy a Pixel out of those three right now, I kind of think your money's best spent with the 4A 5G. All right. That's my takeaway. 
All right, so let's move on to the next topic, which I think is super exciting because you reviewed it and I want one so bad. I love small, high quality, premium-ish, <laughs> affordable laptops that cut a few corners so they're really just good at web browsing. And to me, that Microsoft Surface Laptop Go is that. What's your yes. takeaway from that? Premium-ish is the word. Yeah. <laughs> And and for sure, like Huawei, you know, or Honor, sorry, is what I'm thinking. I think it's mm -hmm. premium-ish. What 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 really impressed me about the laptop go is that there are no surprise, no bad surprises, and like for something that that it starts at five forty nine. Don't even look. You at don't the want that config though, right? There's no way you're gonna buy no. that, right? It's got eMMC storage instead of an Ooh. SSD. There's no SSD. I mean, there's no uh, fingerprint sensor. Um. The one you want starts at six ninety nine. Uh, the one that they sent me is eight ninety nine with uh, eight gigs of RAM. So what's the six ninety one nine one have? What what chip and what storage? Uh, one twenty eight gigs of storage instead of eight. Uh, I mean instead of two fifty six, and eight gigs of RAM. So it's got eight. It's got the eight gigs which you want. It has one twenty eight, right. which is okay but not great. Right. And that, is the chip the same though? It's i three. They all have an i five ten thirty five G one. Oh, all of them. I didn't realize. Yes. I thought the cheap one was an i three. Okay, but yes. because you the six nine nine one at least has real flash storage, right? Uh, yeah, it's a real SSD. Okay, good. So that's why that's that's the one that you should at least uh, start at. They also have a business model with sixteen gigs of RAM for I think eleven ninety nine. But um, so is it metal or is it plastic? What is the deal here? Does it look like a surface or is it actually really a surface? <laughs> the lid is metal. The okay. keyboard deck is metal. And then the base is polycarbonate, which I actually kind of like. It gives us this sort of uh, two-tone kind of look. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it looks pretty cool. It's the, the color they sent Is it me painted plastic or is it like machined, like kind of raw plastic like Nokia used to do, you know? Um, if I understand your meaning, I think it's more of a mach a raw kind of plastic like Nokia. Yeah, used to it, it, it it's it's like I like I like when plastic is just plastic and like machined, especially because then it feels like you know it feels like one of those really expensive high density cutting boards. You know, like yeah. you know you know it's gonna be solid and rough and tumble. Yeah, yeah, it feels good. Whereas painted plastic always looks so cheap. You know. Yeah. So, so the 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 big downsides that everybody will point out is one: the display resolution. It is less than full HD. It is uh, specifically fifteen thirty six by ten twenty four. Um, and that's on all of them. That's on all of them. But that's also like remember, it's also twelve point four five inches, uh, three by two. So it's a small with, laptop, right? Right. It's small. It's it's that's why it's called Go. You know, it's meant to be uh, taken yeah, yeah, on the yeah. go. Yeah, but um, just for I mean, at ten ten twenty four px is um not terrible. We we do buy fifteen inch laptops that are just ten eighty p. So this has a higher pixel density than those. Um, the other thing is that there's no backlight on the keyboard. So those are the two. Ooh, and none of the models yeah, have it. None of the models have it. Well, thanks for the rundown. That's actually pretty yeah. helpful because when we talked about it last time, it was like it was a couple of podcasts ago. But we were like, "Yeah, this seems cool," but we know nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. But like, my favorite thing about it is just that there are no surprises. Those those two biggest drawbacks to this device—they're on the spec sheet that you can know that before you go and dive into buying this product. When you buy it, knowing those things that are on the spec sheet. There's no other big surprises that are gonna that you're gonna say, oh man, I can't believe I made this decision. I mean, it still has a you know Microsoft Precision Trackpad and all the other goodness sure. that you expect yeah. from a Surface, right? The keyboard feels nice and everything. Yep, and it's a full size keyboard. It it unlike Ooh, uh, the regular Surface Go where it just feels too yeah, small. Yeah. yeah, this one feels good. Nice. Yeah. Well, go check out Rich's review. I'll put in the show notes. I'm stoked about the Surface Laptop Go, and I'm glad you suggested we we squeeze it in. Last thing I want to talk about, uh, where we both have some potential hands-on experience, other, except my experience is handling a box. <laughs> Your experience is actually handling the phone because I still need to unbox mine. As we hinted earlier, is the LG Wing. We both have a review in it. We have a revise, uh, a Revisin? <laughs> no. We have a, a Verizon model. Yes. What's your take? You've been you've been playing with it. This is an it's 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 unique, certainly unique. Um, <laughs> I, I I I'm still kind of trying. The one the, the gimbal mode, which um that's awesome. That's one of the coolest things that I've seen on a smartphone camera. It's just wild. Um, 
as as far as literally everything else using it with this device, it's cool. I I, I don't. It hasn't proven to me that it's going to be useful yet. For instance, there there was um there's a couple shortcuts on the uh, secondary display that'll allow you to pull up two apps at once, so you can have. Google Maps on the big display and then a music app on the little display. So when you're driving, that could be totally useful, right? Right. I don't know how that's going to be in real life, but the the gimbal mode is probably the coolest thing about this device. Yeah, that's kind of my takeaway from what I've read so far. And I'll let you know next week, folks, uh, when I've had a chance to play with it some more. But basically, my takeaway is this is gonna this is a really interesting form factor. I'm excited it exists. I'm kudos yeah. to LG for making it happen. Yeah, for sure. And and I don't see LG as the type to take kind of risks like this. That's what's so exciting. Well, maybe it's time, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, Good yeah. for them. Good for them. And and I like this gimbal thing and I like some of the use cases they're showing. Um, my biggest concern is that, you know, this is not going to stick and we're not going to be able to review it by saying, you know, yeah, this is the future because it's it's an experiment, number one. Number yeah. two, LG software is always an issue and it's always lacking. And more importantly, developers need to be on board to really support this properly. Yeah. Now, Samsung is finally getting somewhere with the Z Flip and the Z Fold 2 in terms of, you know, apps supporting special modes like, uh, you know, where you you put the phone down halfway closed and stuff like that, and you get a, sli- a, a slightly different UI, like YouTube does that. And it's Samsung. You know, they've been working on this, on getting developer support forever. But LG, I don't feel like they stand a chance in that sense. And to me, that's the only thing making me kind of question this thing is, it's cool. And if you want it and like it and what's in the box like the apps that support mm-hmm. the form factor works for you, then go get it. I mean, it's you. Why would you rock a cool phone for six <laughs> months to a year? And I know my audience is early adopter tech savvy folks who will buy a new phone every year. So yeah. yeah, maybe consider it, but wait for our reviews because if there is any critical thing missing, you probably don't want to live with it for a year. But I think that people should be adventurous. Like, you know, the nice thing about this is unlike a Z Fold 2, for example, which even closed is a bit of a compromise. This has, you know, when it's shut or rotated in normal form factor, it's just like a Z mm-hmm. Flip. It's a, just a normal smartphone. So all yeah. the things you're used to doing, you're still doing, right? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And and um, it is a little thick. It's a little bulky. Like if, if you're just going to use this as a regular phone all the time, then obviously it is super thick and bulky. But um, yeah. It didn't feel that bad to me when I just took it out of the box briefly. Like it's it's basically if you have a Galaxy Note 20 Ultra anywhere near you, it doesn't seem that much different. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just um if you're not going to use the use it as it's meant to be used, then you should probably get something that's thinner and lighter. Yeah, for sure. Right. <laughs> like why why would you buy this if you're not going to flip open the display? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one last uh, news item I want to touch on. It's just more an announcement for the community, for the folks out there. The Mate 40 Pro is coming very soon, uh, or a Mate 40 series, I should say. Uh, An announcement has been set for October 22nd. Mark your calendars. This should be bonkers because it might just be the last phone with a Karen chip ever made. Yes. Sadly. I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to see it. There's the latest rumors of a hexagonal-shaped camera pod. Yep. Weird. Maybe it won't be the last Kieran chip uh, ever made. Let's see what happens next month. Yeah, good point, right? <laughs> Go vote, folks, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, so I think I think it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it just for the camera craziness, right? Like, Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, you can't, like, the uh, Huawei's cameras. I love them. I love them. You want quality, there you go. You know, yeah, I I still use the P30 Pro sometimes, and and people like people that know me that that aren't really into technology, and I say I'm using this thing that's a year and a half old. Like they don't see me as the type of person that uses something that's a year and a half old, and it's just it's just so good. I love it. Yeah, the P40 Pro Plus is my muse right now. Yeah, it's so yeah, it's so good. I mean, it sucks that it doesn't have GMS, but man, it's such a great phone. I don't really mind uh, not having. GMS so much. It's not too bad. I mean, it, it's, it's good as a second phone. Like I can still get enough stuff working like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even right. my Out- Outlook. I use Outlook for my Gmail. Well, you know, I'm a Microsoft guy. Um, yeah, yeah. None of the Microsoft apps 
need any kind of Google search. Exactly. I, I use I actually use Outlook with Gmail on my P40 Pros and P40 yeah. Pro Pluses. But it's still, for me, there's a lot of other things that don't work, like, you know, uh, Lyft and Uber and, and like, yes. not that I need that right now, but, um, you know. So anyway, that's that's something to keep an eye on for, folks. And, you know, there's lots of other news happening. This week has been a little crazy, but we try to give you most of it in a condensed form factor. It's been a great <laughs> week. Yes. So, Rich, you want to tell folks where they can find you on the internet, like all your handles and URLs and good stuff? Well, you can always find me on Twitter at the Rich Woods. Um, and also you can just find my work on neowin.net. And also, I mean, everybody else's work on neowin.net. I want to give a shout out to them because everybody, the whole team has been doing a great job lately. So come check it out. Awesome. Well, folks, you know where to find me on the internet. I'm at Tankerl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L, like the comic book character Tankerl, but without the vowels. So if you want to talk with me about the show, do it on Twitter at Tankerl. Uh, ask me questions, comment, all that good stuff. Tell me I'm wrong because I'm sure I am sometimes. And then uh, Instagram at Tankerl as well, without the vowels, is for photos of phones and photos taken with phones and other little tidbits of uh, additional content. There's a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast, where you will find some unboxing videos, hands-on videos, sometimes review videos of the devices that I'm uh, talking about on the show here. So think of it as a visual complement to the podcast. The other thing I was going to say is the podcast lives at mobiletechpodcast.com. If you are here for the first time or you followed Rich here, for example, maybe you can subscribe. I think you should. <laughs> MobileTechPodcast.com. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Spotify, just to name some of the platforms. If your podcast app supports the ability to rate or review the show, please do the rating and review. It really helps others so that they know what to expect, the madness that is this show. And if you want to help the show, there is a donate link in the show notes. It's just a goes to a site that brings you to a PayPal link. I appreciate you considering donating. I do this as a labor of love and it's nice to have some support. So consider that. I also want to thank our sponsor, Audible. If you want to support me, you can support me by supporting them. Basically, they're going to give you a special deal. If you join Audible, you get 30-day free trial. You get to keep a book at the end, whether you stay or not. And no matter what, if you click through and do the sign-up, you will support the show. So consider doing that. Audible is a fantastic platform. I really love it because I'm a bit of a bookworm. And it's like basically reading without reading. It's kind of nice. Can I say I love it too? Yeah. It's amazing. It's great. And uh, one, one of my favorite things is that you know, a lot of the books are read by the author. It kind of adds that special touch mm -hmm. to the book. And there's an incredible selection. I mean, I could go on about... They also have some really cool audio dramas. Yeah. I just finished The Sandman. It's amazing. Full cast audio dramas. But yeah, folks, check it out. Uh, and it'll help the podcast. If you're not already a subscriber, consider joining. And, uh, you know, that will help them, help me, help everyone. I also want to thank Audible for being a longtime sponsor of the show. They've been with us forever, so... Kudos to them. And Rich, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I'm always happy to come on. Definitely. I'll have you on again. And folks, we'll have another show next week. It's going to be a little of a special show, so stay tuned for that. And until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.